Now, the comment lines are open if you want to get through to us. We'd love to hear from you on 086 38 33 um, 553. Just do so straight away, by the way, and uh, get them into us uh, fairly quickly. And some people are quite exercised, I have to say, about climate change uh, today. And uh, we'll try and get back to it. It can be other people texting and saying it's a boring conversation that you're having about climate change. But look, if we don't have it, we don't have it. We don't want the day after tomorrow that film to become a reality now, do we? Let me go to Councillor John Connolly who joins me because he put some traffic questions into Galway City Council. Um, again, to put them on the agenda uh, for three months without an answer. And the City Council, he said, standing orders uh, provides the facility for councillors to place a question on the council agenda. He placed questions on the agenda in uh, November and has not yet received an answer. So we have to open Pandora's box at this stage. Councillor Connolly, good morning to you. Morning, Keith. What were the questions that cannot be answered in three months, 13 weeks? Well, Keith, yeah, I think it's important to say like that. When we have this privilege to place a question on the agenda, there are specific guidelines around the question. It can't be something that's going to, I suppose, generate an argument or debate. It must be looking for a matter of fact. Uh, and the idea behind the question is purely one to elicit information. Mm-hmm. So I simply asked, at the, uh, I placed the question in November, so it would have been for the December meeting initially. How many of our traffic junctions in the city are connected to our urban traffic control system? And I thought that met the criteria of the question. I was just simply looking to elicit information to find out where we are at the moment in terms of the number of junctions that are connected to the system. But a spacing uh, information is all you were looking for. That's And I would, I forgive me now, don't give me the answer just yet, even if you have it. Um, but I would have said absolutely yes, every junction within the city is going into that central hub in City Hall. Well, we'd like to think so, Keith, but unfortunately we don't know. Um, the last point that I can see a reference in a document to the elements of the urban traffic control system go back to the 2016 Galway Transportation Strategy. And at that point, we were told that there were 28 junctions on the system. But crucially, and this is really important, approximately 12 relatively major traffic signals our traffic junctions um, are not connected to the system. And at that point, there were also 60 pedestrian crossings uh, that were not connected to the system either. Now, so every year in our pa- annual... Pause for one th- second. What, what is the benefit of them being connected to the system? Well, actually, it's a hybrid system, Keith. Um, so like I suppose what it does is it integrates and it coordinates traffic signals across the network. Um, and as I said, it's hybrid. So, so, there's, so a lot of them are smart. So... They stick to a plan, but they can realise themselves if the you know if there's a particular blockage, or if there's uh, an issue where one particular junction seems to be heavy loaded. Uh, they're smart enough to be able to recognise that and maybe change traffic flows accordingly. But also, it's hybrid, uh, and it's supported by a network of CCTV cameras uh, at intersections and junctions as well, which allow for human intervention if people watching the cameras. And managing the system can also see this but, issue and they can change it accordingly. But, uh, um, so there is an advantage to the junctions all being linked to the system. Okay. Uh, and I just simply would like to know how extensive it is, where, where we're linked, where we're not linked. Um, and also, Keith, I regularly, and I'd say other councillors similarly get feedback from um, commuters that, you know, wondering if there's been a change to the sequencing of lights. Uh, but it's difficult for us to answer that without this kind of knowledge. Okay. But I mean, are you sure there is somebody in that control centre? I mean, I remember being in it many, many years ago when it opened first. Uh, and I mean, the technology was wonderful. And it, But is there somebody in there controlling this hybrid model that you're talking about? Well, there should be. Um, again, is I've been there? there occasionally and, and there have been personnel there. 
Um, now I'm sure like it's not it, it's not manned 24 seven. Um, but again, like there would be people within the transport and traffic section of the local authority who would be in there. Um, and it's the responsibility I suppose to manage this. Well, why haven't you again, got answers then? If, if the questions are there yeah. and you've asked, why haven't you got the answers? I mean, obviously... Yeah, no, I'm very puzzled by it because again, it's it's simply one that looks to elicit the information. Uh, you know, I'm not looking to generate a debate or, but I'm trying to find out exactly where we have it. We know from 2016 that there, are t- there were then 12 relatively major traffic signal junctions that were not on the system. Uh, we know since that we've done the work on the Kerwin roundabout, we've done the work on the Martin roundabout. Uh, and look, I'd like to take it as an assumption and to presume that those are on the system. And I do take that assumption, uh, but I would like clarity on that and I'd like clarification on okay. where at the moment the system is not covering the junctions. It's interesting to read the transportation strategy of 2016, Keith, because back then, we were talking about expanding the system to, I suppose, the areas on the periphery of the city. Uh, the, tra- the transportation study, study uh, our strategy, excuse me, um, you know, considered extending the urban traffic control system to Orne Moore, to Barnet, to Mycullen. And you'd think there would be an advantage to all of that. Um, but it would be just nice. And, you know, it is concerning that now we're three meetings in since I placed the question. And I can't get, and I haven't got the answer. And have you physically uh, made a call that, on this and asked to the officials in question? Well, I'm not sure. No, this is necessary, Keith. I mean, we we, like, we have, it's on the agenda. They're busy it's people. The they may have the just December forgotten meeting. about it. I, 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 I understand they're busy. But also, like, I mean, the standing order provides for us to ask this question. And as the standing order also provides, I'm not looking to open a debate. I'm not looking to start an argument. I'm just looking to elicit information. Okay. And the other thing I would say, Keith, it being a smart system, you would think that the system itself would be able to turn out maybe a list of the junctions um, where uh, they are connected to the urban traffic control system. Um, so look, I just think it's it's worrying that I haven't got an answer on this issue in three months. Okay, well, to be honest, there was something broken yesterday evening because I came up Henry Street, encountered a, an arrogant psych- young man on a, on a bicycle, I spoke about that earlier on, uh, but I turned right at Mahan's Pharmacy and I was the first car all the way and it took me 40, 40 minutes to get from Mahan's pharmacy to home uh, yesterday. Yeah. Because and now that it, you mentioned that pharmacy, Keith, again, that's one junction that I'm, I, I you know, and I, I can't say this because I haven't got the detail, the information, but that's one junction I'm wondering if it is actually controlled by the system. But it was, it's not that junction. Or I got around the corner and I pulled up just outside the old Cahill shops, it's um, Bracken Business Centre now, and the, the Cook's Bar on the left-hand side. And I yeah. struggled then to get as far. I, and then I couldn't, I got up to the Chantilly Road entrance, and the sh- the road, the traffic coming from Chantilly just kept coming out. And then I got as far as the hospital junction eventually. And then I kind of, I, I limped across that. And then you get to the traffic lights, uh, and pedestrian lights at the post office. And I limped through that. Then you get to the ones that turn left over towards Cora Park. I limped through that. Then the ones at AIB or not the former AIB there at the college limped through that at GNL, then into the one and I was at forty minutes, forty minutes. Well, I don't, I, I'm not sure how many you've counted through there, but again, I'd love to be able to tell you today that each of those junctions that you mentioned are controlled by our urban traffic control well, then, system. But then he was but on holidays. I haven't got the information. Whoever the automated person is within the system, he was definitely on holidays yesterday. I don't mean the physical person. I'm talking about whoever this hybrid character, this AI character that's controlling them and it's so brilliant to do it. Um, he went on holidays yesterday because traffic was a- absolutely gridlocked. And I spoke to a colleague of mine who was on the Sean Mulvoy Road here. So he came off the cemetery roundabout there and he went down to the Sean Mulvoy Road and he was the second car there and was backed all the way up and all over the bridge. So, 
Yeah. But just on the point you make there again, Keith, when you say he was on holidays, you are assuming there that each of those junctions is controlled by the system. I don't have that data. I don't have that information. That's what I'm trying to find out. Um, and I think it would be helpful if I got the answer. And I think it would be helpful well, if, even maybe, if there was a, even uh, if, if, because if, every year, Keith, just to let you know, hmm. we got our annual service delivery plan uh, in January every year. And for the last three years, I've looked at it. And one of the first things it says is we will continue to expand our urban traffic control system. Um, but I can't tell you today which of those junctions you missed. You, you mentioned that you had difficulty getting through yesterday. Every one of them. By the system. Every single one of them. I'm like a devil when I got home. It's, it's controlled by the system. Well, we don't know, do we? We um, don't know. Well, that's I, I, the, Chris, that's the point. But the, yeah, the, the big, thing, the big um, thing here... So it would be helpful to know. The band, I know the local elections are coming and it's going to come up in, in, right across the board on this one. Um, but the one thing that's actually killing Galway currently is the um, conversations we're having on traffic. Absolutely. I know the Chamber of Commerce have a, yeah. a major, major proposal to bring forward on this one and Kenny Deary and his board have been working on it. But we have to, in some way, sort out the traffic in this city. A couple of things on, on that, Keith. I mean, this time last year, even before this time last year, I think it was December 22, we were advised that the Galway Transport Strategy was to be reviewed. Uh, so we were also informed at that point that there would be a period of public consultation. I think it said in quarter three of 2023, uh, or maybe I've been unfair, it might have been quarter four, 2023, where the, where the revised strategy would be published and people could make comment or submission or observation on it. It hasn't happened yet, uh, which is very concerning. I'd like to see that published. Yeah. And I think we have to engage the public on that. Uh, and this will be part of it. Mm. You know, I would expect that within the new revised strategy, there would be an update on the extent of the urban traffic control system and maybe some assessment of how it's working. Okay. Um, but well, definitely, I, 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 um, you're right, it's, it's an issue. And just one other thing I might mention on it, we are advised constantly, or well, some people will tell us that, you know, the traffic, the major issue with schools, um, last Thursday and Friday afternoon, I got the bus in and out of, sit, out of Galway because it was, um, I was on midterm break and it was, a, it was a nightmare of a journey home. The bus crawled as you did last night. Um, so I think that we don't have the same patterns of traffic during school holidays, but traffic remains an issue during school holidays. Yeah, but it's a, we have to change the narrative. I mean, you're going to get pummeled in the elections. Uh, I take it you're going for election again and you'll be selected by Fianna Fáil to do so. Uh, but I mean, the, those going for election this time around are going to get absolutely dragged through the coals, I think, on this one. When it comes to traffic, the narrative has got to change for the future of the city and the county. Uh, and we can have ring roads and we can have up roads and bridges and all that we want and overflow over overflies and all that type of stuff. We have got to change the narrative. So whoever the genius is, whatever chip is in City Council, as in chip, as in this smart system, if everything isn't connected to it and makes traffic run very smoothly, uh, it's going to have a detrimental effect. And we don't want that for our wonderful city and our county. John, thanks for joining us uh, today on the programme and have a good and a safe uh, Tuesday. Now, comments though, please to um, the comment line on uh, 086 38 33 55 uh, 3 and do so straight away today. One of the comments coming in to us today and you can do so to 091 uh, 77 and uh, we have you can all and they'll come up on, on Discord on the on here. Uh, Keith, great to hear Luke Ming Flanagan. We didn't hear anything from Luke Ming Flanagan for a very long time. He's only coming back now for votes. Well, he was on with us two weeks ago so he was. Uh, talking about um, political events in Europe as well. So, no, he's, he's been on. He's been on. He has been on, yeah. 
A very good morning to you. Welcome in to today's programme. Dream collaboration between Helium Arts and the Brothers of Charity is to open in Galway this March. To give us further details on this, Shannon Ray joins me uh, on the line today. Shannon, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you keeping? Good. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the programme. What exactly is Helium Arts and what is Dream Collaboration? Helium Arts is an arts and health charity and we work with um, children with lifelong physical health conditions and our dream collaboration is we are collaborating with collaborating with That's Life, um, a Brothers of Charity Arts and Personal Development Programme. And together we have um, put together a large-scale sensory um, immersive installation for children with um, health conditions and additional needs. And can you take me through how it operates and then we'll talk about who can benefit from this. Yeah, so um, the large-scale installation um kind of starts with um a little narrative that brings you through this like exploratory um realms of imagination and dreams into various zones of sensory play and music and um clouds and um each of the uh, participants gets to explore um this kind of area guided by uh, facilitators and it's kind of focused on connection and play and exploration. Um, and yeah. And can I ask you then, would it be one-on-one or would it be done in a group setting? Or, or how do you ensure that everyone is just comfortable in their skin with this? So it's um, a large group will be attending and um, it's for families. So families can come and bring um, the whole family along and it will be guided with um in each zone, there will be facilitators and play partners that will kind of guide you through the space and make sure that you have a comfortable um, experience and enjoy it. It's all about kind of fun and play. Um, and uh, yeah, like it's kind of uh, specifically guided towards people with um, health conditions and additional needs. So all those kind of factors have been taken into account to make sure that there is something there for everyone in this sensory um installation. And how long has it taken Helium Arts to put this together? Because obviously you have to cross-check this, cross-test this and ensure that it's suitable for all that will be in attendance. Yeah, we have been working on it um, since January 2023. Wow, so it's it's a year and it's... A, it's a long time in the making. <laughs> 14, 15 months by the time you come to the market with it in Galway. So you're coming, you're yeah. coming to Galway then, if I'm correct, uh, Studio... Uh, five venue in Clare Galway from the 8th to the 13th yeah. of March and will it be all day or specific times that you'll be there? There'll be specific times um, each show lasts about approximately hour and a half um, and there'll be different uh, times you can book in and if you would like to book you can visit Helium Arts website um, it's listed under the What's On section it's titled Bedtime Adventures and you can find the booking link there um, so in addition to a catering to early years children under the age of six and their families there'll also be um, a run of performance tailored for adults with intellectual disabilities um, to ensure inclusivity in a, a diverse audience as we have worked with that slide the Brothers of Charity and their um, uh, members have helped to contribute to this installation through visual arts and music programs and that's kind of what makes it stand out. 
Um, through these adult artists uh, contribution, we hope to inspire the families at this event and present like a creative future into adulthood so they can see um, a space in this creative world. And that's uh, our collaboration with That's Life. It seems to be very specialised and, and very focused and very specialised, but many families listening to us today may have a person indeed that they think might be suitable to go along to the event. Yes, um, definitely. Um, there's a hopefully a large um, audience in Galway and also when it'll be coming to Limerick and Cork as well for one day in each of those venues. It's, it is quite fascinating to see. Where can they get further details then? Just go to Helium Arts, the website there. Yeah, and under What's On, you'll find the Bedtime Adventures page with all the information and the booking links. And are, are there charges involved in this uh, to go to it? No, the event is completely free. Wow, so it really is a community event that will help people. And all they have to do is make their way to Clare Galway then, Shannon, that's all. Yeah, that's it. And come and play and enjoy. Um, it'll be a very large scale, so there'll be something there for everyone and lots of fun involved. All right, Shannon Ray, thank you indeed for joining us. Just put in Helium, H-E-L-I-U-M, Arts, and go to their uh, website and get further details from there. But uh, Shannon, let us know how you get on and let's know how the bookings are going uh, coming up to uh, the dates in question. And again, in Clare Galway from the 8th to the 13th of March, if people want to get details on that, uh, they'll have transformed the whole area there and uh, plenty of room for everyone. But you must go to the website, Helium Arts, and get further details. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks a million. Yeah, let me go to Gartha Kevin Farley who joins me on the line because Goldberg they need your assistance uh, today and uh, Gartha Kevin Farley joins me on the line. Gartha Farley, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Good, thanks indeed for joining us uh, today. We're looking at burglaries and we're going to go to Salt Hill because Gartha and Salt Hill are looking for assistance on the first one there. That's right, Keith. Gartha and Salt Hill investigating a burglary that occurred between 6am and 6pm on Sunday the 18th of February where Harrison Kingston was broken into Entry was gained by smashing a rear window in the property. Anyone who has any information is asked to contact Salt Hill Garda Station on 091-514-720 or the Garda Confidential Line on 1800-666-01. Now, in relation to burglaries, we're going to go as far as Portumna and again, Garda and Portumna need assistance. That's right. On Tuesday the 13th of February, between 5.30pm and 8.30pm, a shed at a property on St. Brendan's Road in Portumna was broken into and a Honda power washer was stolen. Anyone who may have any information in relation to this incident or who may have seen this item for sale is asked to contact Portumnic Garda Station on 090-974-2060. Now that's quite distinctive, a Honda Power Wash. If you've been offered one of those for sale, would you please just contact Garda in Portumna on that one? Um, you're staying in Portumna for the next burglary, Garda Farley. That's right. On Tuesday the 13th of February at approximately 6.45pm, Business premises on Patrick Street in Portumna was broken into by means of forcing the front door. The suspects in this incident left the scene in the black Audi in the direction of Tonfert Avenue Junction. Anyone who have any information in relation to the break-in or who have, may have CCTV in the area or observed this vehicle are asked to contact Gardia Portumna Garda Station on 090-974-2060 or the Garda Confidential Line 1800 now, we're not going too far away from Portumna. We're going up the road a little bit there and again, in, in another burglary. That's right, Keith. And again, on Tuesday, the 13th of February, between 3pm and 6.30pm, a house was broken into in Gary Yard, Kilimanjaro, Galway. During the break-in, a house was ransacked. 
Anyone who has any information is asked to contact Climate Garda Station on 090-9676-742 or the Garda Confidential Line on 1800-666-111. Again, they seem to be getting around, and this is quite similar, but we're coming back into Loch Ray on this one. That's right. Again, Tuesday, 13th of February, a house in Drum the Kill in Loch Ray was broken into at approximately 5.40pm. Two males were disturbed inside the house and fled the scene in a 07 black 07D Black Audi. Guardia Pena for anyone who noticed any persons or vehicle acting suspiciously in the area to come forward. If anyone in the area has CCTV or anyone passed this vehicle and has dash cam footage, we would ask that they make it available to investigate in Guardi. All information can be related to Guardi at Lockray Garda Station on 091842 870 or the Garda Company's line on 1800-666-111. Now, Gareth Farley, just, I mean, the last one there was 540, and that was in uh, Loch Ray, and the one that we spoke about in Portumna was at 645, and again, both black Audis, we're not saying that they're connected, but if anybody has any black, um, has any video footage indeed, or dashcam footage of an 07D black Audi, would you just check it and just, uh, and the dates in question, the dates are the same, 1313, 540, 645, and uh, there may be something in that, uh, Gareth Farley, that people might have uh, footage of. That's right, Keith. Uh, can I just go to criminal damage then, if you don't mind, uh, because uh, we're coming into Galway City, the heart of the city indeed on this one, and we're going to the train station. That's right. Between the 12th and 13th of February, a number of carriages of a train were damaged with graffiti in Kent Station. Anyone who has any information in relation to this incident is asked to contact Galway Guard Station on 0915 Mm. That, that's, crim- that's criminal, criminal damage, so it is, because it's, it's a piece of public infrastructure as well. Um, you're also indeed looking at criminal damage in the Connemara area. That's right, Keith. On Saturday, 17th of February, a caravan part at Ardmore Kilkiernan in Connemara was damaged after stones were thrown at us. Anyone who may have seen any persons acting suspicious in the area or has any other information or has to contact Carnac Garda Station on 095 now, from a criminal damage point of view, we're going to Oran Moore, and again, this is sinister, so it is, but your full details on this. That's right. On Sunday, the 18th of February, at approximately 2 a.m., 09D, Black Skoda was damaged while parked on Main Street in Oran Moore. A group of males were passing the vehicle, and one of the males kicked the vehicle in question. Anyone who has any information or asked to contact Guard John White at Oran Moore Guard Station on 091 now, you're looking at criminal damage in the Roscam area, but you've got some specific times on this and dates. That's right, Keith. Guardian Armour investigating a criminal damage incident on a house that occurred in Roaring Bioga State on the 19th of February at 8.50pm on Monday evening. The homeowner heard a loud noise and discovered the front window had been shattered. Guardian Armour would like to hear from anyone who may have been in the area around this time and witnessed this incident or asked to contact Armour Garda Station at 091 Again, Guardian Balasloe investigating a theft from a vehicle. Guardian Balasloe are investigating a theft from a car that occurred at Short Hill, Balasloe, on the 17th of February, Saturday morning at 1am, where the back window of the car was smashed and items were taken from the car. Anyone who may have been in the Short Street area around this time and witnessed any suspicious activity or asked to contact Balasloe Guard Station on 090-9631-890 or the Guard Accomplished Line at 1800-666-111. Now, we're going back to December um, again, the 18th of December, but you're making an appeal in relation to a traffic accident. 
That's right, Keith. Gardy and Galway are investigating a traffic accident at court at the Joyce Roundabout Galway on the 18th of December, Monday morning at 7am. The cyclist was travelling from the Prospect Hill area onto the roundabout when he was struck by what's best described as a silver hatchback that had travelled from the Troom Road direction onto the roundabout. Gardy and Galway are looking to speak to anyone who may have witnessed this incident or anyone who was driving in the area at this time and who may have dashed camp for her Jurassic contact Galway Garda Station on owning one five three eight thousand. Finally, there's a GAA match in Pierce Stadium this weekend. Do you have full details? That's right, yeah, Keith. This weekend, Galway versus Derry Pierce Stadium uh, this Sunday, the 25th of February. Uh, the kickoff is 1.45pm. Gardaí and Salt Hill wish to remind road users that there will be traffic restrictions in place around the stadium before and after match time. Expect large volume of traffic and to plan ahead. And again, just please stay tuned to Galway BFM here because uh, your colleagues in Salt Hill will keep our lad, our guys here in studio uh, fully informed. Give yourself plenty of time to get there. And uh, kicks off at one forty-five. Try and get there for 12.30, 12.15 and park responsibly because they will be ticketed if they block people's houses. Uh, so please, please, uh, a little bit of common sense. Gardaí, Kevin Farley, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. And again, if you can assist uh, Galway Gardaí, if you're offered any of those, that Honda power wash around or otherwise perfect time of year to try and sell it, uh, just contact the Gardaí 538000 and ask uh, for further details and they can put you in contact with investigating Gardaí from there. Yeah, somebody said if uh, drivers concentrated on their driving, uh, used their indicators and stayed out of yellow boxes, traffic might be more free-flowing from there. Now, a wonderful book came across our um, desk. It's heavy, so it is. It's 0.8 of a kilo. And uh, its author, indeed, Pat Smith, sits opposite me uh, today. It's called 320 Shades of Green, an Irish golfer's uh, passion. And he sits opposite me today. Morning to you. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. I'll bring you over to a little bit there. I, I'm very well, thank Come you. Come here, Keith. listen to me. Uh, how long did it take you to put this beautiful publication together? Well, there was, there's a wee story behind it, as you can imagine. It took me five and a half years to play the courses, travelling around the country, up north and south. Did you play every course? I did, every single course. How roughly many? 350. More, actually, 350, because 300, 33 that I know of have closed in the last 12 or 14 years. 33... Golf course, eighteen hole golf courses have closed in the last 20, 12 or fourteen years. Did you spend any time at home? Well, I did because I did it over a five and a half year period. So I only travelled when I could see that the weather was going to be good. So that meant travelling away for two, three, four days at a time in a safe in Galway, for instance, yeah. and playing a number of courses in Galway or Limerick or elsewhere. And I was at home then for the rest of the week during that period. And you're a good golfer. Not really. What are you playing of? 20.8 at the moment. I was, I'm after going out from 14, about seven or eight years ago, to 20.8 now under the new handicap system. So I consider myself it, a very average golfer. Is it the book's fault that you, you fell that much, you plummeted that much in the rankings? What will we do with you? No, it's age. <laughs> I, know, I, I know that feeling. I, it's like a lot of golfers. The handica- handicap tends to go up rather than down when you age. It's beautifully put together. I mean, I'm just looking at Athen Rye there. Uh, when visiting for the first time, I was accompanied by Kieran, a member of and uh, Ger. But you give the little narrative, you give them the whole details on it. Yes. You yeah, put, put a huge amount of work into this. Well, when I played the course, I'd come in in the evening and say the hotel I was staying in. I'd sit down, write the review and rate it. And then I'd go on to the next one the following day or the following week, whatever, mm. and it took me 
five and a half years to play them and write that, but then took me two to three to four years to edit the thing, edit the book. I tried to find publishers and I sent a synopsis of it to five publishers about three years ago, but they didn't seem interested. So I then spoke to a couple of different people, including a well-known man in golf, Pat Ruddy from the European Club, Dublin and the European Club. Mm-hmm. He advised me be, to consider self-publishing because he had published several golf books himself, yeah. mostly on golf courses when he was involved in the design of golf courses. So as a result of the conversation with him and another man I spoke to more recently, Paul Murphy from uh, Navan and the Drogheda area, he was editor of the Drogheda Independent for a time. He published his own book, self-published, about his life as a journalist. And he also advised me on self-publishing. And then he put me in touch with his son, Brian, who did all the design and layout. He's a whiz, Brian is a whiz kid on the computer. It's beautifully done, but I'm looking at Galway, following an interval of almost 25 years I've visited Galway. That's the one in Salt Hill, I take it, isn't it? That's right. Okay. And um, second time with Darren and Robbie, members in Tara. And it was the home club of Brian Timlin. And you go on from there, and how does it rate? It rates total of 81? Yes. It's an inter- Galway's an interesting story, because that 25 years ago, when I played it, was my first time to play Galway. And that's how the tour commenced back in about 1993 or 4. I came on a weekend, long weekend trip with my wife, Dinah. We stayed in Uttarard and each morning I got up early and played three games of golf in Galway, Uttarard and Barna. And I loved playing... Like you do, like, like you do. Dinah sitting in the hotel. I know, I, we, we, I got home at lunchtime and then we went off visiting Connemara. Did you, but you didn't play three 18 holes? Oh, not on the one day. No, one day, three, no. three consecutive days. But I enjoyed it so much, I says, I must play more courses around the country. So I, for the next five or six years, I was playing five, six, seven, eight courses, new courses around the country. And it was during that period in the late 90s, the idea came to me to play all the 18-hole golf courses in the country. But I was working in the health services, nine to five, Monday to Friday. So I couldn't travel that much without not having free time. So... When I retired at the end of 2010, I knew what I was going to do. I had played up to the end of 2010 140 courses, and I knew I had to add about 210 or 20 more. So I went and played the 220 courses over a five-year period, five-and-a-half-year period, but I also went back and played the original 140 so that I could write an up-to-date review. Oh, God. That's what I meant well, you were at home when you said... Well, yes, I was, but my, time. I, my wife was still working at the time and uh, she was happy to continue working. And I, during that period of five and a half years, I'd travel two or three days, not every week, every second, third week, but that's why it took me so long to travel. I don't like wet golf, so I only travelled when I knew the weather was going to be good. You don't like wet golf? No. So you don't like getting wet? I don't like playing in the rain. Okay, I don't golfers li- don't generally. I don't like the rain, full stop, and I don't play golf. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm looking at Esker Hills uh, again, now famous, so it is for absolutely because of Shane. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it got 84. So, is there a, the rankings that you've used then? Um, would, would clubs agree or disagree with you on the rankings? Some may agree, and oh, the clubs themselves. Well, some will agree, especially the ones that score highly. But some that are score less highly may not agree with my rankings. But that was my attempt to be objective in giving them a fair, yeah, a fair ranking, but also a 
finding positive things to say about each course. Yeah. That was you, my modus operandi. You, you didn't mow any of them down, did you? You didn't shut any of them down? No, no, I wasn't, wasn't responsible for that, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think the demise of the Celtic Tiger had more to do with that than yeah. I. But again, I mean, it's beautifully done and beautifully printed, but it's heavy. It is. It's point eight of a kilo. I post, I've posted about 300 around the country in the last month or since Christmas. And it costs a bit of money to do, the, but the, to post them. But the post office have a special green envelope and I post them in that. And, and it costs six euro to post it. Wow, that's expensive for three hundred. That's eighteen hundred euro in. But it's it's cheaper than putting it in an ordinary envelope. It'll yeah. be more in an ordinary envelope. And can you charge for postage? Yes. Oh, you can. The the charge on the website in, in actually includes uh, through PayPal is twenty a total of twenty eight euro because there's a PayPal charge and a postage charge. But if you contact me directly, and I can get it to you fairly easily, it costs. 20 euro. Oh. Yeah. Plus postage. No, not if I, yeah, plus postage. If, plus, plus but six, where yeah. I can, I'll try avoid postage. You can't avoid postage. If you have to deliver it, you're not going to drive around the country. Oh, no, I won't. Delivering them door to door. Yeah. Like, well, if somebody in Galway, for instance, wants to uh, buy it, I, I, obviously I'd be obliged to post it. Yeah. But feel free. Where can they By the way, I should say that Galway is, you'll enjoy reading about Galway golf courses because Galway has a total of, I think, 13 18-hole golf courses and I think two 9-hole courses. So the 13 18-hole golf courses are covered in it. And 13? 13, yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, in Galway. Okay, so let's go to Clifton. So you've got Ballycanneely. Ballycanneely. Hang on. Roy. Give me a chance, will you? <laughs> I'm coming into Oakthorard where you left poor Dinah for the day. And then I'm coming in as far as Barna. Then I go to Salt Hill. And then I go to Oran Moore. And then I go to Athenry. And then I go to Lockray. Yeah, you could be your. It could be. Tume. Tume. Um, Dunmore. Gort. Gort. Um, Dunmore Domains. I don't know that one, actually. That must be a pitch and putt course, is it? Oh, they won't like you. They won't I, like I, that. I no, I, I've never been on it, so I don't know it's it. It's okay. I don't. I have never been. I've never played yeah. golf once, and I nearly killed the starter. So I give Mount up. Bellew. Mount Bellew. Mount Bellew is another one. Yeah, Ballinasloe. Ballinasloe. We're nearly there. Uh, that that must be yeah. most of them. Yeah, uh, well, and some of them are fine, fine courses. One of our key colleagues here uh, plays a lot in Dunmore, so I'll ask him: Is it a pitch and putt, or is it a golf course, or is it a nine-hole course, or is it? An, it could be a nine-hole. Yeah, and they do it twice and then it's 18, yeah. Yeah, probably a nine-hole course. Yeah. God, we nearly got into trouble there. <laughs> I, have to, I have to get you out of Galway safe. That's the most important thing. And, and again, from a golfer's point of view, if, if somebody wants to buy it, they just they can go to your website. Go to the website. It's a new website. There's not a great deal on it. I'll be developing it in the coming months. Uh, but there is uh, an address where you can pay, pay through PayPal. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 quite simply done. Obviously, uh, many have done it because I've sent out uh, easily. I, I, I've posted about 250 in the last, since Christmas. Wow. But I've also sold an awful lot hand, face to face. Wow. So give me the um, website address then, if you don't mind. 320 Shades of Greens at 320shadesofgreens.com dot com. And if you want to contact me by email, shadesofgreensireland at gmail.com. That's plural shades, S-H-A-D-E-S of green, Ireland. Greens, greens. Greens, yeah. Greens is also plural. Plural. You really, you're out, you're out to confuse me. I'll have to take up a call to try and understand this book. So I will altogether, I really will. 
Um, it's beautifully put together. And I mean, you have the European Cup, Esker Hills, we've said that there. Um, you go up the north as well on this one. So you do. Fine courses up the north. Yeah. And not only that, but the reception I got from golf clubs up the north was second to none. Mm. They, they absolutely love to see people, golfers from the so- southern part of the island visiting and playing golf up in the north. And yeah. the reception was magnificent. And I believe some of them are staggering. I know Rory McElroy's home uh, club is supposed to be absolutely gorgeous. It's a lovely... Uh, uh, it's a, uh, oh, God, I can't even think of the name of it off the top of my head now. Um, Hollywood. Hollywood, But yeah. it's a lovely course. A little hilly, but it's a lovely course. But there are beautiful courses all in and around Belfast. Wow. All wow. beautiful courses. Beaver Park, Malone, just to name it, two of them. And do you still golf? I do, of course, yeah. How often? I haven't golfed much in two months, mainly because of the weather. But my so first you're a fair weather. My golfer. first game of golf will be this coming weekend you think in my own club, Royal Tara. Do you think it's going to be dry? I'm I'm anxiously watching the weather. <laughs> you're anxiously. Uh, somebody said, "What about Craig Moore Golf Club?" Beautiful course. I was. Qu- it actually quite surprised me that so, a privately owned course, little known, I'd say, outside of Galway. But it's a beautiful course and all I can say is well done to the owners mm. and to the committee that run it because it's a beautiful course. Yeah, they're lovely yeah. people indeed. Yeah. I think it's probably... I don't know the family. I think I might have spoken to a lady in it. Mm. Uh, Seamus lives out there. My friend Seamus lives out there in Clare Galway. So he'll bring you up there And today. the last time I was down, I met Seamus in the golf course, yeah. Good on you. Uh, so he has the Connemara Isles Golf Mara. That is a beautiful nine-hole golf course which I played about five years ago with my brother Kevin. My brother Kevin, by the way, was my most frequent travel partner. And we were coming down to a birthday party in Galway about five years ago. Like uh, you do. Like you do. A family birthday party on his side. And Kevin and I took the opportunity after play, going to the birthday party, we travelled over and played Connemara Isles and then went on to play Connemara Links. Wow. Where is Connemara Isles, roughly? Uh, it's about... Is it 20 miles out from Galway, west of Galway? Uh, I can't... Beyond Spiddle. Beyond Spiddle, okay. Brilliant. Uh, letter more, the scholar said. Letter more, yeah. And a vain letter more from there. Yeah. It's a beautiful nine-hole course with fantastic views, of course, of the Galway landscape. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and that will be on the sea. That was another thing I liked to do when I was travelling. And I've put comments in where I could about the landscape that you see around the country when you go visiting golf clubs mm. because it's second to none. Uh, what did he make of Banlis Low Golf Club? Question mark. Ollie Turner won't be buying the book anyway. <laughs> no, I'm going to give him this one so I am just to make him. Um, so Banlis Low, I'll find it here. Um, Banlis Low, what, what did you make of Banlis Low? It, it's a nice parkland course. The landscape is quite level so it doesn't have the same attractions as a coastal links course or a more hillier course, but I think I scored it in or about 70. I'm looking here, I can't find it very quickly. Yeah. And then there's somebody else shouting to me on the screen saying, Mention uh, Portumna, but I'll get to that. Portumna is another fine course, it's, it's a beautiful course because there's lots of slopes and hills on Portumna, plenty of water, and mature trees everywhere. It's an absolutely gorgeous course. I think I scored. Port Omna up somewhere up in the mid 80s. Um, Banlaslow, 70. 70. Oh, that's as low as I've seen in the, bo- in the book now. No, no, there's much lower than that. Is there? Oh, yeah. Oh, 70 yeah. is good, lads. Yeah. Uh, hope you enjoyed uh, the golf in Gort Golf Club. Yes. 
a very nice course. Again, a course with hills and slopes. Uh, very, very nice. Beautiful landscape and beautiful views in the distance, I think, as far as Clare, as far oh. as I can remember. So, very... Um, a Christy O'Connor design course. Yeah. Uh, so, it was a very, a very nice course. Absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous, yeah. And uh, somebody else was back uh, to us today. Yeah, and Connemara Isles um, is in to do do letter more. Connemara Isles whole is on one island, uh, tea across the water, and there's a causeway then across. That's oh, right. That's very posh altogether. Yeah. Uh, unique. It's a lovely fabulous, setting. Unique with fabulous views from there. Because you, you might make a fella take, take up golf for a day just to see some of these places uh, altogether. A great reaction, I must say. And uh, Portumna, this caller said, please don't forget Portumna. Um, golf course as well. We mentioned it there, didn't we? We did, we did, and I, I, I can't but say but it's a beautiful course. What, what is um, the eighteenth hole? By the way, in is it no? The eighteenth is a par three. The seventeenth hole is a beautiful par five with water on the side of the green. It's an absolutely gorgeous hole in Portumna. In Portumna, possibly, I would consider the signature hole on the course. Wow! Yeah. It's a beautiful hole. You're a walking encyclopedia. Well, the fact that I wrote down notes uh, while playing... You still remember them, I I still remember them, and I've only played Portumna once. I'm firing stuff at you there, and you're not even opening the book to check it. (laughs) What have I got to do with you? So the book's called 320 Shades of Green, An Irish Golfer's Passion, uh, by Pat Smith as well. And again, if you want to get further details, we have all his contact details here. Do you have some in Galway today if they want to I do. It? I actually have two boxes of books in my car because yeah. I'm, after I leave here, I'm going out to Galway Golf Course to talk to the general manager to see if he would allow me to do a book promotion in the golf yeah. course later on. And if anybody really wants to get a book today, I'm here and I can hang on for a half an hour or so, or an hour even, if they want to get a book. So you're meeting Seamus Gallagher for dinner, so it'll, that'll take all day. I'm not meeting Seamus until sometime in the afternoon. In the afternoon from there. And, oh, hang on a second. Uh, the scholar said, um, what do you think of Mount Bellew? Very nice. 37 seconds, go on. V- very nice, but it's not as dramatic as, say, Port Omna and some of the other Galway courses. And Lockray? Also nice, but not as dramatic. Okay. And somebody else said, ask him about Critch Island compared to the People Beach. Critch Island is absolutely gorgeous. Where is it? It's in Donegal. Uh, it's a good journey up. Donegal. Right. It's called 320 Shades of Green. If you want to buy a book from uh, Pat Smith, you can do so in our reception area. He'll stand outside the door of the rain. Sorry, you'll have to stand outside the door now, you see. Um, but uh, I'm only joking. But give us a call here, 091 for the details. I've run out of time, Pat. Lovely to have you. Regards to Seamus when you see him uh, today, tonight or tomorrow. And uh, again, it's 320 Shades of Green and it's a beautiful book. Well done to you. Let's Thank head you. towards news and death notices. Stay tuned.